Welcome to this bonus Christmas episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Robertson. I will be interviewing Daniel Hyde shortly, who is the musical director of the Choir of King's College, Cambridge. And then I'm going to be playing you some of my chosen Christmas tracks from new releases this year. Playing now is In Dulce You Below from In the Bleak Midwinter by the Choir of King's College, Cambridge. And I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Daniel Hyde. Thank you for joining me for Harmonious World, Daniel. And I'm delighted to be talking to you about In the Bleak Midwinter, which is the latest album and a fantastic collection of Christmas carols. Well, yeah, very nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's our most recent release in the bleak midwinter. So hot off. Yes. And, and was recorded last year, I understand. Is that right? In the awful Christmas pandemic of 2020. Yeah, it's a product of deep, dark COVID. Um, it was not actually something we expected to make. It was it was dare I say it, a disc that we made by accident because when we were all put into our either second or third lockdown, can't remember which, but in November of last year, um, we stopped doing what we'd only just started up doing again, which was our regular routine of chapel and choir commitments. So we had a bit of time to prepare Christmas early and it seemed um, sensible to get ahead of the game with that, not knowing what would be the case about COVID and Christmas. So we we got rehearsing our, our Christmas repertoire, and then we had the idea that we should probably make a, a recording of the, the rehearsals as we were working things up in case we needed to have material if we were all going to be locked down at home. And sadly, or happily, that's what happened. So th these recordings are mainly, I think there are three or four tracks that are not from that time, uh, but these are mainly uh, taken from what became last year's worldwide carol broadcast. Yes, and wasn't it a bleak midwinter? <laughs> well, and yes, and my colleague actually, who manages our recording side of things, it was his idea um, to try and encapsulate that. And there are two settings of, of that carol text on the discs. There's the setting, uh, uh, independent piece by Harold Dark, which I think some years ago was considered to be the nation's favourite Christmas carol in some classic FM poll. But then there's an arrangement of the well-known tune to those words, um, the Holst tune. There's an arrangement oh, yes. of Max Wilberg, um, which is not what everybody expects of that carol. So it's a slightly subversive, um, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Well, and that's what we expect from Cambridge, isn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. A bit of subversion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we very try. good. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about your own background and how you came to be director of music at, at Cambridge? Because it's quite a new appointment for you, relatively new. Yeah, so I've been here two and a half years now. Um, as a child, I was a chorister at Durham Cathedral, um, something that happened slightly by accident, by chance. Um, some friends of my mother suggested that my brother and I would be um, suitable chorister material um, and so we ended up at Durham which was wonderful um, and as is the case with so many of the choristers I've taught since that the early musical training meant that I was able to get a scholarship to a school that I wouldn't have gone to otherwise 
um, and the opportunities through that music scholarship enabled me to come to Cambridge. So I was actually an organ scholar at King's. Um, and then I stayed in Cambridge and I worked at Jesus College. And then I've also worked in Oxford and in New York City. Before coming back to King's in 2019, as my wife likes to tease me, you know, it's some career move to go back to where you started. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and can you explain to me what it means to be director of music for the choir? It doesn't just mean a you know Friday afternoon you do a a bit of a sing song. No, know, so. it, it doesn't mean that. Um, no, I mean the the position of director of music at Kings goes all the way back to the foundation of the college. I think I'm only the sixteenth person to be director of music since the sixteenth century. Um, the responsibility is pretty onerous. Um, not to say though that it's not very rewarding and exciting, but it is a huge uh, amount of uh, both musical work, but also management and administrative work. Uh, because the choir, uh, the choir sings seven times a week during term. Um, more recently, it's been down to five or six times a week because we've been gradually working things back to normal after COVID. But what you see in the chapel is the result of a lot uh, of hard work behind the scenes in a rehearsal room. So the children who sing in the choir, they rehearse in school every day as part of their schedule, part of the school timetable. Um, and then we rehearse the full choir with the, the children and the adults in the chapel before we sing a service. So it's, it must be... 20 something possibly 30 hours contact time a week with the choir before I've sat at my desk wow it's it's a lot of it's a lot of different things that go into making what people see either on the television at Christmas or here on the discs that we're discussing yeah so my next question was going to be how did you and was it you who chose the the tracks the sort of the carols that are included yeah, so um, one of the things I'm responsible for as well as training the choir is determining what they will sing. Now, sometimes uh, we will be asked to perform specific pieces of repertoire or we'll be offered concerts or broadcasts that might be built around a specific programme. But usually when we make a recording, it's uh, a, as a result of me saying, I think this is what we're going to record. So I choose the music um, Obviously, the Christmas music has to fulfill the various different aspects of the Christmas story. Um, but more generally, our repertoire has to be both sort of educational. There has to be a core element to what we sing in an annual cycle because we're obviously training up new members of the group every year. And so it's an educational uh, process. The, the children especially, they, they don't just get fed the notes and parrot them back I'm actually teaching them how to read these rather complex scores for themselves I'm teaching them skills that they'll have for life uh, you know way beyond the finite time that they have their treble voice so choosing repertoire is is a massive jigsaw puzzle really because I'm trying to make sure that it's as diverse and as um, interesting and varied as possible 
Um, it also has to suit the liturgical needs of the chapel. It has to suit the demands of our concert agents. Um, some countries that we do visit on tour, we're not allowed to sing um, sacred music. It has to be all secular. You know, there are all these things that we have to just weigh up and balance out. Um, so that's this is the product of last year's Christmas selection. Um, and this year we are singing some of that music again because obviously our year has not been entirely normal. So I've decided to draw on a little bit of repertoire uh, alongside a lot of new music. Yeah, very good. And are you hoping, obviously you're hoping that that the Christmas performances will go ahead as as planned? At the moment yeah so we've just this last weekend we filmed the carol service that goes on the tv so we managed to get through that last year we lost half the choir just before the filming um, due to covid this year we've been blessed somehow or other that we haven't lost part of the choir for that so we're now on a little break we now have a week off um and then in the in the week that runs up to Christmas Eve. We have a concert in London, which we do every year. And then we will reconvene in Cambridge and we'll have a couple of days rehearsing behind closed doors, staying warm and hoping that on Christmas Eve, we'll all be there. And, and even more so hoping that we'll, we'll have a congregation with us because this recording of course is, is the product of a very empty chapel. Um, yes. We normally record, of course, in an empty chapel, but during COVID, we removed as much furniture as we could because the chapel was used as a big space when we were allowed to meet socially distanced and, and for gatherings and so on. So recording with a lot more floor space, far fewer chairs and benches and so on, made the chapel even more resonant than it already is. Yes, and it is... Um... There is something ethereal about it, isn't there? Mm -hmm. This recording. You can hear you can hear more of the building than normal because, well, if if you imagine when you walk into the chapel in in the what we call the antechapel, you see the organ in the distance, and then there's just chairs. All those chairs were removed, so that floor space, it was great actually. I mean, I loved the clear floor because it would have been as it was when the chapel was built. Um, yeah. And further on, when you go through into the inner chapel and beyond where the choir sits with all that extraordinary 16th century woodwork, beyond there and up to the altar, we removed all the benches. So, so the building became a lot more resonant. Yeah, and I think that, I think you, you, you can hear that. You can yes. hear that, that resonance. And then you just start again in the new year, presumably, with everything else, hopefully, well, Back to normal. yeah, fingers crossed. We, we finish on Christmas Day. There's a service in the morning. Um, there's always a massive sense of relief at about half past 12 when everybody goes home. Um, I certainly love getting home myself and shutting the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we should have we should have a couple of weeks holiday. And then uh, fingers crossed schools. The crucial thing is that schools will open up, you know, because I need the children to be in school. If they're in school and they're allowed to board, then we should be able to start up choir again. Um, one of the real frustrations of COVID was that we couldn't meet. And, and whilst Zoom was a great way of keeping people together 
um, and in contacts, the the elephant in the room was that you can't sing together. No. So, I mean, that's the thing that I'm sort of quietly terrified about is that however long COVID goes on for, there is this risk of a stop start. Um, And so that's the thing I really hope next term for King's Choir, the, 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 the term leading up to Easter is far more straightforward because we don't have all our Christmas commitments so early in the year. We don't have as much to prepare for in the second term. So it's a time ta- it's a time where we just sort of do some pretty serious work at home. So I hope that that will be able to continue. Very good. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was a real honor actually to oh. talk to you. Thank you. Oh, I'm always pleased to to talk to people about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so Great. much. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Daniel Hyde from the choir of King's College, Cambridge. And now you're listening to Silent Night, which is from a new album called Christmas Matins from Bavaria. All of the links to these next tracks will be in the show notes. The album is called Sancta Knox Christmas Matins from Bavaria and it is recorded by Grammy Award winning producer Christopher Alder and similarly Grammy winner engineer Christian Wiegel. And it's sung by the seminarians of St. Peter Wigratzbad. setting of the mass by Irish Patrick Cassidy.
This is his Mass for Choir and Organ, featuring one of the world's largest pipe organs at the First Congregational Church of Los Angeles. You're listening to Benedictus, and Patrick says of the Mass, which is the whole album, while writing the Mass, I was aware that this would be the first setting of the Latin Mass by an Irish composer. It was a labour of love with no expectations. To record with one of the great organs and organists of the world at First Congregational Church Los Angeles helped me achieve one of my major aspirations and gave me a sense of purpose for this work. My next selection is from a wonderful male choir. The album, More Honourable Than The Cherubim, is by the Patram Institute Male Choir, and it brings together singers from five countries to form the 56-member International Patram Institute Male Choir. Patram is the Patriarch Tikhon Russian American Music Institute, which strives to present Russian Orthodox choral music in its highest possible form, uniting a spirituality with a love for the traditions of Orthodox Christian singing. The album, More Honourable Than The Cherubim, is out now. You're listening to Beneath Thy Compassion. Now we're going a little lighter and this is a brand new song by Brian and Roger Eno called Wanting to Believe and it's on a new album called Winter Tales presented by Deutsche Grammophon. Winter Tales is a new seasonal album featuring music from some of the Deutsche Grammophon star composers and they were all invited to reimagine the music of Christmas and Hanukkah drawing inspiration from their childhoods and their homelands. 
Rogerino was drawn to the music of Adolf Adams's Oh Holy Night, but not to its original words. And working with his brother, composer and producer Brian Eno, he crafted Wanting to Believe, whose new secular lyrics still express hope for the future, but a hope, he observes, that his quotes seem to be held within our own hands. This is actually a lovely album with a lot of great artists on. just beautiful lyrics. Do listen to that album if you can. I'm going for something completely different now for my final track of this special episode. This is Lynn Stanley and her jazz mavericks with the big band Boogie Woogie Santa. I hope you enjoy listening to this. Lynn has several Christmas singles out now and we're looking forward to a big band holiday celebration which is supposedly coming in 2022. So I'm going to leave you with Boogie Boogie Santa and wishing you a very Merry Christmas. For your tree, no candy for your socks. But when he starts to boogie, the whole town rocks. It's the boogie woogie Santa Claus. The boogie woogie Santa Claus. The boogie woogie Santa comes to town every Christmas day. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. 
So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week. And please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.